Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back. Or if you're joining us today for the first time, my name is Jennifer and I'm one of your hosts on the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. I think you're in for a real treat today. Today's interview is with Charlene from Coastal Orthopedics. Charlene is the marketing manager for this large private orthopedic practice located in Florida. She's got a big job because she's got 16 providers, two surgery centers, three clinical locations, and more than 200 employees to consider each and every day. Now, I think you're going to get a lot out of today's conversation with Charlene. So without further ado, I'll turn it over to Corey for today's interview. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. And we are joined by Charlene at Coastal Orthopedics. How are you doing, Charlene? I'm great. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you. Thank you. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Why don't you um, describe the practice a little bit for our listeners here and um, you know, share, you know, basic stuff, how many years you guys have been in business, how many employees, locations, all that. Sure. Well, Coastal Orthopedics was originally established back in 1973, so we've been here in business for uh, just over 40 years now. We currently have just over 200 employees, and that includes our physicians and our PRN staff. Um, we also have three clinic locations that stretch throughout Manatee County. So we are from West Bradenton all the way out to Lakewood Ranch. We also have two surgery centers. Um, we have 16 providers that represent each of the subspecialties. That includes general orthopedics, sports medicine, shoulder and elbow, hand and wrist, foot and ankle, and we also have interventional pain management physicians. Awesome. And so that said, obviously you're a little bit larger of a practice. Um, so what type of marketing do you guys uh, really focus on at Coastal? Sure. Well, we do all sorts of marketing to reach different audiences. Um, that includes referring physicians, professional organizations, sports teams, employer groups, um, and also the general patient population. So for our referral relationships, we focus on building and maintaining those relationships. That's with our primary care physicians and other specialists in the area who refer to our group. We establish routine office visits with them. Uh, we set up physician-to-physician education lunches and um, maintain a presence with each of those referring doctors. We're also members of local chambers and professional associations, and we're always out trying to build professional, positive business-to-business relationships. Um, let's see, we focus on health fairs and patient education events in the community just to have face-to-face time with various members of our area who could use our services or who know someone that could. Um, we also advertise in different publications, including our local newspapers. We have some magazines, um, internet advertisements, anything we can do to announce new positions, solutions to common ailments, new research trials, anything that's new or exciting with our group. Yeah, so it sounds we like... Also Sorry, oh, that's, that's okay. So it, it sounds like you guys have a pretty strong uh, content strategy in place in addition to your regular um, traditional advertisements and marketing, things like that. Is that right? 
I would say so. We do, in terms of content marketing, we have a blog that goes out regularly on our website and social media, and that covers pretty much all topics that can relate to orthopedics, sports medicine, pain management. Okay. And now, this is obviously a, uh, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, a little bit bigger of a practice. So do you guys have a dedicated marketing team, or is it mainly just kind of on your shoulders, or how, how does that work? We do have a great marketing team. Um, I, myself, am the marketing manager. I work full-time here with Coastal Orthopedics. We have a part-time marketing assistant who is fabulous, and we also have a part-time workers' compensation liaison to help with that particular audience. Um, then externally, we're contracted with a full-service agency, and they assist with our marketing strategy, graphic design, our advertisements, and our media relations. And then in addition to them, we also work with a firm to manage our SEO and social media activity. Okay, yeah, and I think that's something that we want to take a minute and talk about because a lot of our listeners, they're practice administrators, practice managers, um, you know, for practices of all sizes, but, uh, you know, a lot of them try and keep everything under their own roof, understandably, but how would you say that working with these external groups has really kind of helped you, um, you know, reach new audiences and, and achieve your goals? Well, of course, they have individual specialties and areas of expertise. So our full-service marketing agency that helps with the strategy and the design, our creative, um, they have a team of people that focus on each of those areas. They know the markets. They know each publication, um, so they're able to, to bring in their expertise and their knowledge because they're really in it every day, all day long. And then we have um, our internal group who's, who's really here with the feet on the ground, so to speak. We are in and out of physicians' offices. We are the manpower at the different events in the community. Um, we're helping to build relationships here. So I think just having the support of the agency behind us, it really helps us get a lot further. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, having some extra hands on deck, if you will. Exactly. So what would you say is the biggest marketing challenge for your office? Hmm, I would say the biggest challenge is really just determining how to select the very best of the best opportunities that come our way. I mean, almost every single day we have a new sponsorship or advertising opportunity come our way, and it can be challenging sometimes to really sort through them and figure out what the best thing for our buck is or, or what um, will really garner the most exposure for us. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of practices experience. Like you said, there's always uh, you know, a piece of mail coming in or someone asking about a sponsorship or a community partnership. Is there anything, uh, any advice maybe you could offer on how to overcome or tackle that challenge? Sure. Well, what's really helped for us is to um, – really budget appropriately and, and stick to our budget parameters. So we pretty much follow benchmarks that are specific to marketing dollars for relative orthopedic practices, and that's really helped us put the base line budget together so we know what we're able to take on and what we're not. And, um, you know, we just search through all of the opportunities and we just determine what what is, is best for us. And um, we assess the demographics, you know, the cost. We understand the value to us. We try to understand if it generates exposure, increases referrals, if it's simply goodwill, and then we figure out where in the budget it fits, if it does. Yeah, I think that's something, you know, that really can't be said enough is, you know, when you have that budget in place and you're not kind of just flying by the seat of your pants like a lot of the smaller practices do, it, it enables you to make um, smarter, more informed decisions. Would you agree? 
I would completely agree. Okay. So shifting gears a little bit, let's um, share an example of something that you've done to market your practice that has just really, really worked, you know, blown the socks off of of the uh, practice administrators and physicians there. Sure. I would say enhancing our company's website and really focusing on search engine optimization has been really beneficial to us. And you guys went through that transition pretty recently, is that correct? Fairly recently. We rolled out a new website in the fall of 2013. Okay. So for the listeners that maybe haven't seen the website or haven't been to the old one, what were some of the things that you changed and what were some of the things that you really wanted to focus on with the new website design? Sure. Our initial website was very dark. Um, We learned through research that incorporating a white background, really brightening up the website, just makes it appear more clean, more neat, professional, kind of uh, garnered a little bit more trust from patient's perspective. And then, of course, we wanted to highlight various call to actions. Um, So we've incorporated different buttons on our website, for example, requesting an online appointment or learning more about a specific physician. Um, And that's helped with our increased interaction. So we also have blogs and social media activity that streams through our website. We have an option for patients to contact us directly with any questions or feedback. And then they can share their stories, complete a patient satisfaction survey online. Um, And it's, it's just easier to read and it's set out in a layout that is more natural to the eye than a jumbled website with a ton of text and very little images. Yeah, I would say uh, I want to share a little bit of my marketing experience here. You know, we work with practices of all sizes, and, you know, we see some that haven't been updated recently, and you can really tell when it's been a few years. Oh, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll see a lot of, uh, a lot of text, uh, minimal photos, not a lot of interaction. Now, did you guys have a request an appointment button on the older website, or was that something that you started with this uh, new redesign? I believe it's something that we started with a new redesign. We've always had contact information listed and maybe uh, a box for someone to fill in their information and have an email sent to us, but I don't know how effective that was, to tell you the truth. Yeah, it, it seems like once the, that there's a very clear, defined call to action, request an appointment here, the numbers just go through the roof. Would you agree with that? Completely. Awesome. So you mentioned the online patient satisfaction survey, um, and... Can you tell us a little bit about that survey and what kind of results that you guys are seeing with that? Sure. We have an electronic patient satisfaction survey that's available to all of our patients. It's on our website at all times, so they can access it and fill it out there um, whenever it's convenient to them. But we also email a copy out to our patients after they've had a good 30 to 60 days of experience with our entire practice. So on that satisfaction survey, we cover everything from how the patient first heard of us to their opinion of our appointment scheduling process, our check-in or check-out process, um, our general facility cleanliness, the courtesy and sensitivity of our providers and clinic staff, um, really every aspect of from point A to point Z in our practice. And each month we review those results and we work really hard to correct any issues that are brought to our attention that we may not have heard of otherwise. And we, of course, commend our physicians and staff who have been applauded by our patients. Yeah, I think that is a great thing, and and it's interesting because, you know, you see all the time where you might have one of these survey options, but no one really does anything with the data, so it's interesting to see. So you guys actually, every month, will sit down and review this and make changes and give feedback depending on, you know, positive or negatives that are left on the survey? We do. We have a spreadsheet that we compare all of the data from month to month, and 
it really helps us to focus in on areas that we can improve. If it's our call center one month, if we've had more uh, poor reviews versus excellent, we get together with our call center to, to go over any comments that we've received, and, and that includes every other aspect of the patient satisfaction survey. So tracking it and um, keeping an open line of communication with our management and our physicians is really important to us. Now, do you guys, if you have, um, you know, a lot of outstanding reviews, do you also share those with management, or do you just share the negatives and the changes? Uh, We share both positive and negative. We try really hard to promote um, any positive satisfaction review that we receive for an employee. We put it on our company intranet, and we celebrate with those employees each month. So patient satisfaction is our ultimate goal here, and any time that we don't achieve that, we work really hard to make sure we can correct those issues. Awesome. And and um, I'm assuming that some of this patient satisfaction also kind of filters back through into some of the things that you're doing from a social media standpoint. A little bit, I would say so. Um, for the most part, on social media, we, we see a lot of raving reviews. We get a lot of direct messages. Um, we see a lot of happy patients that like different physician announcements or awards. Um, so we, we definitely have a strong support group on social media. It's pretty exciting. So speaking of social media, let's talk a little bit about the strategy there. Do you guys have a specific set of, of content that you use or kind of walk us through what, how you plan and then implement some of the posts and news articles and things like that that you're putting up on social media? Sure. Well, um, monthly blogs are a big thing on social media too. So we compose about 16 blogs a month and each one of them are filtered through our social media page and we see them being shared, being liked, being commented on. And then of course that brings people back to our website, which goes with the whole interaction, which we just love. Um, Other than that, we try to announce any kind of award or anything exciting that our physicians are doing. Um, for example, we have some physicians who are sports medicine physicians particularly who are involved with different sports teams. If they're traveling, we try to announce that on there. Or um, if the team is doing well, we try to make sure to congratulate them. And, and of course, we interact with different community groups on social media as well. So I don't, I don't know what else to say there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. Uh, and so do you guys have a monthly social media budget or do you just post and kind of hope for the best? We definitely have a social media budget. Um, we combine our social media and search engine optimization into one. That all goes to the same agency. And we allocate just over 1% of our total marketing budget to those two areas. Okay. And so for, let's say there's a small practice administrator that obviously, you know, they can't handle 16 blogs or so. But um, kind of walk us through that process. So the idea is that the blog is written, posted on social, and then it links back to the website. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. And so with that, do you see a lot of uh, people actually clicking those blogs and heading back to the website? And, I mean, do you see a positive, you know, influence on traffic there? We do. We get a good number of visits to our website directly from our social media pages. And how much time and effort does your marketing team spend to implement this strategy? And I know that you guys are kind of supported by the other agencies as well, but if you could just give us like a ballpark number. Sure. I believe they probably spend between 20 to 30 hours a month. And that really includes um, building those content marketing plans like the blogs that have image content as well. Um, They monitor the Internet for any kind of mention of our company. And then they engage and take action when appropriate. Um, In addition, part of our agreement with them is to maintain almost all social media networks. So that's Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and also LinkedIn. 
And are you guys also actively monitoring your online reputation management websites, your vitals and health grades and all that fun stuff? Absolutely. That's included in that time as well. There's a ton of physician rating websites, and we try to keep up with them on a weekly basis just to see what, what positive and negative um, reviews are being posted. And then if you experience a positive or a negative, is, is there like a uh, specific strategy or plan in place? Let's say somebody posts a negative somewhere, you know, what happens at that point? Our first step of action anytime that we see something negative is to try to understand who that patient is and what their experience was like. Uh, we work very close with our director of operations to look into any situation where a patient may not have achieved complete satisfaction and see if there was something that we could have done differently. And um, we, of course, try to reach out to that patient and, and try to make amends with them, so to speak. Um, so that's, that's our, our primary goal anytime that we see a negative review. And Charlene... Where, uh, what is the web address if our listeners wanted to go take a look at your new site? Sure, www.coastalorthopedics.com. Awesome. Well, Charlene, thank you for your time so much. The website looks great, and I wish you guys all the very best. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. All right, thank you. Well, another great interview, Corey, and thank you so much for Charlene for joining us. I'm looking forward in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be out on vacation, and I know where Charlene is located, and they are about two miles from the most beautiful beach on the west coast of Florida in Anna Marie Island in Holmes Beach. So Charlene, I will not be coming to visit you, but I am looking forward to that vacation. <laughs> We're going to make all of the <laughs> listeners jealous. Well, we don't we don't get a lot of benefit on the Doctor Marketing Tips podcast, but we do have the benefit of being in a beautiful place that we don't get too much rain. We have great sunshine, and the beaches are gorgeous. And so, um, maybe so, I'll so make, take that if you're not. Maybe I will make it a business trip, and then it could be a write off if I go visit Charlene. There you go. But um, I think that we really there's some things that Charlene said that are um, good takeaways for our listeners, and. Um, one of those, the, the part that I, she almost lost me at it, was when she said that she does 16 blog posts per month. And the whole idea of that makes my stomach turn because how do you get 16 blog posts approved? Yeah, that in itself is cray cray. crazy. Yeah. But, you know, it's important that, I mean, obviously 16 is quite a bit, but it goes back to how the website is kind of central to all of their marketing efforts and they put such a, a big emphasis on SEO, content marketing and social media and I, I think to be successful today, um, that's definitely what you have to be doing. You know, we did, it was, it's interesting too because we had a conversation with a client um, a couple of weeks ago and they were talking to us about, you know, the content that we're putting on their website and we don't put 16 blog posts on anybody's website and I couldn't even imagine coming up with the ideas for that content. But typically, rather than blanket um, with content, Corey and I usually take the strategy of writing things that are extremely relative. And and we, we spend a lot more time on long-form content, whereas I think some of the stuff Charlene's using is a little more generic. Like, you know, how to tell if how to tell if you might how do you tell if you have a torn ACL? You know, what to do if you have a swollen ankle. Very generic things, whereas a lot of the content we're doing, we might only get one piece out a month, but it's patient-driven, procedure-driven, testimonial-driven, doctor-driven. Um, and so I think it's just all about your content strategy and how your, your best approach is for what works for your practice and your physicians. 
Yeah, with the, some of the stuff that we do, it, it's very um, it's very niche, and it, it's not so much about how many eyeballs we get on it. It's more about the uh, quality of the people that are looking at it, and if they're going to convert into patients. And not saying that this, not saying that Charlene's approach is the wrong approach. No, not it's, at all. It's just they have a large practice, and they need a lot of people through their doors, and so it always becomes this argument about quantity versus quality. So I think Corey hit the nail on the head. And that kind of leads into one of my big takeaways from the talk was um, the, the budgeting and benchmarking that they use because, you know, if you're a big practice, maybe you can afford to outsource 16 blog posts per month and, you know, you've got the budget for that. But if you're not, then you can do something that's a little bit smaller. But regardless of which direction that you choose, it's important that you not only have the budget for it, obviously, but you're measuring the numbers that are coming back for that because, you know, those numbers, I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but it might save your job one day if you can prove that the stuff that you're doing is effective. And on top of that, it also kind of helps you navigate and it, and it gives you a guide for what you should be doing moving forward. Yeah, we say it on the Dr. Marketing Tips website all the time. There's two types of practices. There's those that have a budget and those that do not have a budget. And um, just because you say you don't have a budget doesn't mean that you're not spending money on marketing. It just means that you haven't sat down and created the budget. So, um, Corey, don't we have a tool on the um, on the subscribers section where somebody can go and they can download a budget and see how that all works out and come up with a template? Yeah, if you guys are plus subscribers, you can head on over to the uh, members section, and we actually have a budget spreadsheet for you and a video explaining how to use it. Awesome. Another thing that Charlene said that was a good takeaway for me is um, on their website, and they have a newer website. It's a really nice website. It's clean. It's got tons of information, but it's really clean and easy to use. They have on there a button for patient satisfaction. So they actually, she said they do it two ways. They have the website where somebody can go click on and kind of give their feedback direct to um, the management team. And then they also, she said, after 30 to 60 days, will send an email out asking for feedback. And they actually take that feedback and take it back to the management team and then make operational changes based on it. And then when they get kudos for staff members, they actually use the, the kudos to, um, to recognize employees within the organization. Because remember, they have more than 200 employees, but they use it to recognize employees and to really use it to boost morale. So I think there's something to be said about being proactive and getting reviews. It's not always about going out and trying to get positive reviews that everybody in the world's going to see that's going to show up in Google. Sometimes it's about making operational changes and just being a better practice for it. It's funny because that is so simple, and yet I think... You know, a majority of practices that I see or that we work with or that um, I've been to, they don't do that. It's crazy. Now, I'm not sure why they don't do it, but Corey and I have both written it down on our Evernote, and we are both going to start implementing that with the practices we work with because it is simple. It's probably very cost-effective. It, it probably it could even be free. I can already think of some tools that you can use to make it free. Okay. It's all about getting feedback. Yeah, it, it's simple. It, it's effective, and I don't think that you can really ask for anything else coming from a, a patient survey. Nope, and I think the simple, most effective thing that we could do right now is say sayonara because we respect your time, and I think that's pretty much everything we've got for today. So, Corey, great interview again, as always, and Charlene, thanks a lot. I may or may not see you in the coming weeks. Depends if I need the business write-off or not. <laughs> and as always, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next time.
Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders. 